1 Kings chapter 17. I guess let me preface the reading by, by saying, uh, I guess by making a confession. I realize that I'm a different kind of preacher. Maybe than some are used to. And so, I thank God that every preacher has their own personality, has their own experiences, their own unique upbringing, quote-unquote, in, in the family of God. Uh, and God tailor-makes each and every preacher for each and every assignment that he assigns to them individually. Amen. Uh, so that being said, uh, I, I guess I'm going to give you the title tonight. Maybe we'll call this Understanding uh, a Different Kind of Preacher. Understanding a Different Kind of Preacher. Uh, not so much that you would better understand me, but that you would better understand maybe my philosophy of ministry, where I'm coming from, due to the fact uh, of how the Lord raised me up. Uh, sometimes it's good for a church to get a little bit of an inside look as to where their pastor is coming from, from a uh, from a strategical standpoint in ministry, from a ministerial standpoint. And this is all going to make sense to you momentarily. So let's read First Kings chapter seventeen, verses one through six. <clears throat> and Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab. As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Watch what God tells uh, the prophet Elijah to do. Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan, so he told them to go and hide. Uh, and it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. Un unordinary circumstances, right? Drink by the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. Now, if, if I were Elijah, I would have been like, wait a minute. Isn't there a better way to do this? You know? Uh, so he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan, and the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And so uh, there were some reasons why Elijah was quote unquote raised by the brook. He was raised by the brook. Um, let me give you these, uh, and I'll try to make some sense of this as we go. The first thing I wanted to point out is that God needed Elijah to be <coughs> exposed to some things. Uh, anytime, uh, well, think, think about boot camp, for example. Anytime the uh, American soldier is prepared for battle, he is put through what they call boot camp so that he is or she is exposed to the elements, exposed to the harsh realities that can and does exist often in war. And this is almost to the degree of creating almost real-life real circumstances so that when they get to a very harsh environment, while they've already been through that, they've been tough enough mentally, they've been prepared 
for that day against battle. And, and, and a preacher, a God-called preacher, never knows what assignments God may have for him down the road, but God always knows those assignments. And so what the Lord does is often takes any particular preacher down any particular avenue to condition them to be able to handle the pressure of a future assignment. If you follow me, say amen. amen. So when God raises someone by the brook, he gives them exposure to harsh realities that lie beyond the comforts and conveniences of the average person. Think uh, with me of the uh, book of Nehemiah, chapter 2, and verse 15, where it said, Then went I up in the night by the brook and viewed the wall and turned back and entered by the gate of the valley and so returned. Here's a, another prophet that went up by the brook to see some things, to be exposed to some things in the dark of night and then to return. There were some lessons to be learned by the brook. And, you know, uh, sometimes God will raise someone up that don't have what you might consider traditional or conventional means of education and upbringing and ministry. Uh, and, and I commend this church for bringing somebody on as your pastor uh, that doesn't necessarily have the quote-unquote ideal seminary education. Uh, I did start Bible college. I never finished it, and I'm working on that, by the way. Uh, but I appreciate a church that's willing to give a man a chance to serve God the way God has raised him and taught him Versus always, you know, dotting every I and, and crossing every T on a piece of paper and not being open to what it is that God might want to do. Amen. Because not every servant of God is the same and each has his or her, his rather on assignment. I don't believe when the preacher's been like, <laughs> when God raises you by the brook, then he gives you exposure. Um, when God raises you by the brook, he gives you a different raising than others. And so, you never seem to fit in oftentimes because your points of reference are so vastly different than others. It's, it's no uh, surprise to anyone that I wasn't raised as a Southern Baptist. I was raised in the independent Baptist world and I have been told by some that they can tell by the way I preach and uh, whether or not that's good, I'll let you decide, amen? Uh, but the point being is that I'm different because I didn't choose my place of upbringing, God did, amen? Uh, and, and so just because you're different doesn't necessarily mean that you are either in sin or wrong with your approach. It just simply means there's a reason that God did it that way. Uh, you are different often because God chose the place from which to bring you up and bring you out. And God uses different. We. We cannot reject someone because of their background, because God's hand may have been in them being there, and so we could be also we could be rejecting God's servant when we reject their upbringing. Does that make sense to you? Uh, think about uh, John the Baptist, for example. John the Baptist was different. I mean, he ate locusts and wild honey. I'm sure all the other preachers that went to seminary probably didn't have that same diet. Amen. Uh, but, you know, God, for whatever reasons, sent him down a rougher path so that, you know, maybe God just didn't need him to be 
overburdened with uh, with common experiences to the degree that he couldn't see and say what it was that he needed to see and say at the time that he needed to see and say it. Amen? Uh, sometimes God will just pull somebody to the side so that, so that they can see differently and say differently than what the average person would see or say. So God needed Elijah to be exposed to uh, different things than the average person was exposed to so that he could be better prepared for his future assignments. All right. So there's some thoughts for you. Number two, God needed Elijah to learn how to expect the unexpected. He needed a man that knew how to expect the unexpected. In other words, to live the kind of ministry that to some might seem random, to some might seem even out of order. Uh, unpredictable. But God needed Elijah to learn how to live moment by moment under the direction and the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God regardless of how that might come across to others. Um, whenever you're raised by the brook, so to speak, from God, you get accustomed to what I call climate change. Climate change is often very temporary and very abrupt. Uh, also, you get used to seasonal changes where those kinds of changes are more long-term, but the common denominator is that you get used to change as the Holy Spirit changes your direction, your motive, just, just, a, just a, and Brother John, he can, he can relate to this, I, I, I would assume. Uh, sometimes we preachers get up and we think we know what we're going to preach and then the Holy Spirit turns the direction, right? And so you have to be willing to change the direction on a dime, so to speak. Turn that thing around and go a different direction. Right, Brother John? Amen. And so God needs uh, not only his men to learn how to adapt to the change of direction by the Holy Spirit. And we're not talking about change of direction so far as morality, so far as uh, doctrines, so far as truth, but just so far as practicality and strategy and, and the way that the ministry might need to go to be most effective in their respective atmosphere. Somebody say amen right there. Amen. Uh, first Kings chapter 17 verse 7, and it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Now get this, Elijah was the one who prophesied that it would rain and then God told him to go to the brook and now the brook that God told him to go uh, live off of was dried up. And it was really Elijah's fault for prophesying it was going to uh, be, a, be a famine in the land. And so uh, God sent him into the very place that God knew would eventually dry up because God knew that he wouldn't always stay by the brook forever. In other words, get used to a bumpy ride. Get used to things changing uh, and adapting to the needs of the hour as it relates to getting the gospel out to this generation. You have a uh, you have a war on your hands. You have a spiritual battle going on in the earth. Here in, in, in your family, here in this church, in your personal life, in this community, God does not live a reactionary existence in the army of the Lord. He lives a proactionary existence. 
So God's always ten steps ahead of his enemy, which means that if God knows the enemy's fixing to attack, God can give you strategy on how to uh, circumvent the damage that the enemy is planning to do to you. And because God and only God knows sometimes what's down the road, it would do us a lot of good to be always uh, with our antennas up listening for the fresh voice of God in our lives as individuals and as a church. Amen. Uh, that's why sometimes you'll notice, you may notice in the bulletin this morning we put the words in there, service subject to change under the direction of the Holy Spirit. You might have seen where my sermon was supposed to be listed. As of the printing of this uh, bulletin, God had not informed the pastor of what to preach yet. Amen? So that's better than nothing, right? Uh, but that was the honest of God's truth. And you say, well, I've, I've never heard of that before. I, I'm more used to people that plan weeks in advance, and that's great, and that's fine, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that that's not me, at least not today. Now, that may change in a year or two. God may get me in a different pattern, and my seasons may change, and I might be more well, quote-unquote, prepared. But you never know what God is fixing to do. Amen? And so we try to adjust and, and let God be God and some people might even accuse me of not being prepared or not being studied up and it's not that I don't study, it's not that I don't pray in prayer and prepare it's just that I'm different and so praise the Lord that he can use even little old me, amen and so uh, here we go, and the word of the Lord came in him, verse 8 and saying arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon and dwell there, behold I have commanded the widow woman there to sustain me. So now we're doing different today. He just woke up one day and I said, all right, time for a turn. And uh, I'm going to send you to a starving widow lady. She's going to feed you. Okay. All right. That's a little different, right? Uh, nobody would have ever thought that. Uh, and so God needed Elijah to learn how to expect the unexpected and be conditioned to the changes of the direction of the Holy Spirit in his life. No matter how strange those circumstances may appear on the surface. Uh, and a lot of times churches resist change. Uh, even if it's good change, even if it's healthy change, even if it's under the direction of the Holy Spirit, they resist it because it's different than their normal. But even what Jesus taught in the book of Mark chapter 2 and verse 22, he said, no man put a new wine into old bottles. Else the new wine doeth burst the bottles and the wine is spilled and the bottles will be marred or broken. But new wine must be put into new bottles. Uh, those old wine skins, they say the way that works, they would uh, put that new wine into a new wine skin and as the, the wine would ferment, Gases would be produced, which would expand and tighten that new wine skin until it stretched out to its max, and then it became aged and it was stretched. But it wasn't stretched too much that it burst. But once that old wine skin is stretched to its maximum capacity, you put new wine in it that's never been fermented before, and it starts to age and produce those gases while it's sealed again. It's eventually going to stretch that old wine skin beyond its, beyond its limitations. 
And I believe what God is saying to us as a church is not to become old wineskins. To always be flexible to the leadership of the Holy Spirit so that if He does something new in your life, that it pours out, uh, puts an outpouring of the fresh touch of the Holy Spirit in your life and it looks different, it feels different, it is different, that you're not going to resist it to the point that it destroys your walk with God. Does that make sense to you? Say amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 23 tells us to be renewed in the spirit of our minds. And so we've got to go undergo that. And only the Holy Spirit can do that. He can make a, uh, make you again another vessel. You say, well, I was too late. I'm already an old wineskin. Yeah, but He can make you again another vessel. If you need renewal, He, he can renew you. He can, he can stretch you. He can teach you new things. You've heard the phrase, no doubt your whole life. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, number one, you ain't a dog. Right? Right? And number two, you ain't doing tricks. Amen, Brother Robert. And number three, we're all, we'll, we'll all be growing till the day we breathe the last breath of the trumpet sounds. So always be flexible to the change that the Holy Spirit wants to bring in your life. And as long as it's biblical, and as long as the Spirit of God is involved in it, you're going to be okay. Amen. It ain't going to hurt you. It'll only hurt you if you resist the change that God wants to bring. So the best thing we can do is yield and let God do what God's going to do. One who follows the leadership of the Holy Spirit must be flexible. Not all change, again, I say, is bad change. Sometimes we settle down too soon get set in our ways and make premature assumptions that we've experienced all there is to experience and have learned all there is to learn and we may not have been even touched the tip of the iceberg yet. Amen, church. So God is the one who even causes change. He's the one who created the seasons. I think he created seasons so that we wouldn't get too settled. Anytime the seasons change, we have to adjust. Say amen. amen. Uh, when it gets cold, you have to start dressing warmer. When it gets hot, you have to start dressing cooler, right? Don't, don't dress too cool. Keep the clothes on. And again, 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 amen. amen, right, amen. right? But we adjust to the natural seasons. Why can't we adjust to the seasons, the spiritual seasons in our life? And, and I thank God that many, if not most of you, are doing just that. Uh, but sometimes we get a little nervous because of our own human nature. We don't like adjustments that we don't see the necessity of. But even so, trust the voice of God. He will never lead you wrong. Amen. Verse, uh, let me go on to point number three. First uh, Kings 17, verse 15. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. I'm skipping a lot of verses here. And she said, and she and he and her house did eat many days. So, Man of God gave her instructions. If you remember, she was going to eat her last meal and, uh, with her son, and they were planning on dying. So we, this is our last meal. And how many of you ever felt like you were down to nothing and you didn't see what was around the corner? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, God sent a word. God sent provision, right? God mm -hmm. sent an opportunity. And, and Jesus even rebuked the house of Israel. If my memory serves me correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, Brother John, but of all the house of Israel during this famine, there was one lady that had this kind of faith and she wasn't even a Jew. Yep. Right? 
She heard the voice of God through the preacher, obeyed the voice of God that the Holy Spirit said to her through the, the preaching of God's man. And because she yielded to the voice of God sent through the preacher, God blessed her household and she survived. And there were many other widows in the house of Israel that were Jews that died and perished in the famine. But this Gentile lady survived and thrived because she was able to receive a word from God that looked different than anything she'd ever raised, been raised to hear or see or understand. Right. Powerful. The barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. It wasn't Elijah's word, it was the Lord's word. Amen. Now, had Elijah led a normal, institutionalized, predictable, comfortable life, he would not have been able to process the various types of environments that was necessary in order to bring him to where God wanted him. He would have cracked under pressure. He would have lost his mind, possibly. He would not be able to make adjustments in the middle of the night that would change the rest of his life. Some of my name's biggest moments that have changed the direction of entire life were decided within moments mm -hmm. or within a day or two. We're just going along, a new opportunity pops up, the Holy Spirit speaks, we pray, and then we settle, it's time for change. And then what we've learned, no matter how difficult to change, be obedient to the Lord, trust God in the process, it may stretch you, it may cost you, it may even be painful at first, but trust God and you'll get through the adjustments. You'll get through the adjustments. Amen. 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 Think about those in the Bible who were in essence, quote unquote, raised by the brook. Well, of course, we're preaching about Elijah tonight, but what about Nehemiah? What about John the Baptist? What about David? What about Moses? What about, well, Jesus? What about Paul the Apostle? All suffering extreme realities and extreme changes throughout their earthly ministries and their existence. But yet there was one constant in their life, and that was the voice of God. And because they could hear the fresh voice of God in their lives. And what I mean by fresh is uh, the now voice. God may have told you to do something for him 15 years ago. And you've been doing it ever since, and that's great. But God may wake you up tomorrow and give you a new assignment. So you've been doing that faithfully. It's time to do something different now. Can you hear the fresh voice of God? Or are you going to always live off of what he said yesterday? Now, so far as fundamental truths, these are basic guidelines for life in the Bible. They will never change. Right. I'm talking about when God gets specific with you and your specific assignment and your specific reason for being here. Example, uh, my sweetheart Amy feels like God has called her to be a teacher. Right? She didn't read her Bible one day and it said, Amy called, thou shalt be a teacher. It's not written in black and white, but she might have read about the gifts and callings of God that are without repentance, and the Holy Spirit might have used that, and Taylor made and spoke to her in a very relevant and personal way and gave her direction in that area of her life. And, and not only should we hear the 
permanent record, the Word of God in written form, because this is our basic guideline. This, it got, by the way, God will never speak to you with a fresh voice that is in contradiction to the written Word. Right? But you've got to be able to hear the fresh voice of God in your life, because God may, in fact, do something new or do something different. And, and you can't always assume. Here's what I like to advise people to do. Live on the last word he spoke to until he speaks again. Amen. And trust me, if you're seeking God's will for your life, if and when God needs you to change your direction, he will interrupt your schedule and he will speak to you. Is if, you're, if you uh, always are seeking his face. If you wake up in his, I mean, if you go to bed in his will tonight, you wake up in his will in the morning. You can't miss the will of God seeking his will with sincerity. Right? So you just go on the last thing he said until he says something else. The last big thing God said to me is go to Thompson, Georgia. And I, I'm, you're stuck with me until God says something different. Amen. Amen. And preferably won't. I hope I can finish out my days here. Right? Uh, but we should always be willing to hear the fresh voice of God. If he says something, let's do it. And, and a lot of times churches get in trouble when, and I'm not saying that this is necessarily a problem here, but I, I would caution against any tendency that there may be in future decisions that we might make to not get so stuck on what we have done or used to do that we can't consider maybe doing a different method. Not changing the message, but maybe changing the method. And, and I found so far that this is a very flexible church. And for a church of our uh, of our age and experience, I would say very mature church. Uh, I thank God for those that are here because it's a sign of maturity to be able to adjust to something different. And, and I thank God because that's a work of God. Only God can do that. God can, you know, and, and before we come, we pray, God, send us to a place that you have prepared for us and send us to a place that has been prepared for us. And so when you have God working on both ends, it's supposed to work together. Amen. But let us all be cautionary in the fact that should God speak to us that we don't lean towards the old default mindset of, well, let's consult yesteryear. You know, let's consult what we would have done or should have done or could have done or did do for X amount of years, but let's always be willing to continue to uh, follow the fresh force of God, guided by the scriptures, guided by the Spirit of God in our lives and in our ministry. Amen. And so all these men that were raised by the group, as I call it, uh, they all have two things in common. Number one, they never fit anyone's mold. And number two, they were all used mightily to God. Having said that, I pray that one day it might be said that I was used of God. Uh, that is my hunger. That is my desire. I'm certainly not comparing myself with or putting myself on the same platform as any of these men. But I will say this, I'm drawing from principles that I see that exist in their life. I'm praying that God will help me to be that kind of preacher. That God will help me to be that kind of flexible in the hand of God. And that God will give 
the collective church body an understanding of the dynamics of ministry that he alone has put together for us to work with. That we need not be nervous at the direction of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. And so, if we're willing to undergo some by-the-brook training, then the sky's the limit as to how far-reached our impact for Christ can go. But the change must take place in our hearts first. Our environment, our exposure, our experiences may all change, but our heart does not adjust, excuse me, rather, but if our heart does not adjust to the changes that God is trying to bring about in our lives, then as an old wineskin, we will burst under pressure and will forfeit God's best and brightest plans and purposes for our lives. And so that's kind of where I try to come from is to be flexible. Uh, can I use this phrase in real time? Make my best plans, but give God the erasure. Say, God, this is what I'm planning on doing. This is what I believe that you're leading me to do. But if at any point I either got it wrong or I just don't have the whole picture, inform me as needed and as we go forward and help me to adjust accordingly. And all of God's children say it. Amen. 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 Let's pray and then we're going to turn it over to Brother Ron to lead us in the business meeting. Father, thank you for the word of God. Uh, don't know who this might have been for. I, I suppose it was for all of us. Help us, Lord, to grasp these concepts in very practical and personal ways that would make the most sense to us as you speak to us through your word and through your spirit. Help us to continue to seek your will for the future of this church and the direction that you'd have us to go to try to reach as many as we can in this community and abroad with the hope of the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.